Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and wondering if it's somehow bad that a large buck deer has apparently taken up residence permanently on the side yard. Uh, I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. You boarded this roller coaster and waited longer just to sit in the front, only to find out that it's the world's longest roller coaster with the most peaks and valleys, and it's an emotional roller coaster. It always is with you, Kendall. Uh, Today on the show, we're talking with Elon Rabinovich, former Senior Vice President of Product and Community at Datadog and founder at the Scale Conference. Thank you for joining us today. Glad to have you here, Elon. Thanks for having me. So let's dive right in. We uh, we scheduled this and then CBS needed to call you and talk with you about a thing, which is highly entertaining to me that you're going from a CBS <laughs> interview straight to our very important podcast. But you um, made it on time. So you, know. you made it on time and yep. we're not recording video. So uh, you, you dr- you've got a nice button down, I'll just say for the audience. You know, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely not necessary. So so back up and tell us about your path to leadership. I mean, the the SVP of a product that almost everybody in tech has heard about uh, and a significant percentage of whom have paid for is no small feat. So tell us how Mm. you made it that far. Um, Sure. So, I mean, I started, um, you know, I started in tech more on the on the engineering side Mm -hmm. uh, than than on the product side. Product is something I sort of stumbled into over the years. Um, But, yeah, you know, I started my career. Um, you know, basically as soon as I can drive, it felt like family members or, uh, or friends of the family or other people that had, that had heard from them. They're like, oh, he knows how to computer call him up to do things for you. Uh, yeah. and so that started off with like, you know, somebody's grandma needed, you know, got a virus and needed it fixed or something to, you know, evolved into at some point I was running it for a couple medical practices like after 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 school type of a thing and from there i did you know from there i did more traditional work during college you know internships and such for various you know various tech organizations uh worked at a few startups um usually i don't know the titles at the time were things like systems engineer you know infrastructure engineer uh i don't know sysadmin whatever it might be i mean outside of the house yeah it it was the outside of the house um usually trying to focus on tooling or platformy things that helped uh, that helped the, the the product focused folks be more um, you know be more productive and be more self-sufficient mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know the, the word DevOps didn't really exist back then but I remember you know during my first couple weeks at Edmonds there was like some terrible memory leak that was uh, Edmonds.com is like a car pricing website for those that are in yeah, the US yeah. running paper you don't want to overpay for your car. They'll tell you how much you should be able to haggle with a dealer on. But it was one of my one of my first jobs, you know, uh, after college. And uh, you know, I got there, and there was some memory leak in the code that was keeping somebody up at night. And I remember a person next to me sort of whinging about the how the pager had kept him up all night, and it was terrible. And we had you know, like he hates this release, and the engineers are terrible people, and you know, the, the software engineers are terrible people. And I was like, they don't, don't care about like, us. I was <laughs> like, don't they have a desk like fifteen feet away from us, or like one floor up, or whatever it might be? And they're like. Yeah, but they're busy. I can't bother them. And I was like, no, we can bother them. And I like grabbed my laptop and walked up by their desk. And I was like, hey, it looks like you did a release yesterday and it kept us up. And let's, can we talk through it? And they're like, wait, we kept you up all night? Like, we didn't even know. Let's sit down and figure this out. And it was just sort of like this, <laughs> this, this, um, it, it was, it, it just felt in, in general, like a, a, a organization after organization, when I joined, it'd be like, there's this, you know, there's this ops, you know, dev, you know, throw it over the wall culture. And I'd be like, I, 
I can be on both sides of the wall. Like, I, there's, there's, there's like a, there's a, there's not even a wall. There's like, a, there's literally like, a not a physical wall. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you're four <laughs> cubicles down. I just walk down the hallway, and you're right there. And, and so, I, I, mean, I don't know. This is, you know, maybe my, uh, maybe this is just my, you know, how <laughs> how I've done everything in life. But I was like, people are like you can't do that, and I was like, yeah, I can. Like nobody's gonna like the worst they can say is no. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I walked over and talked to them. And similarly, like I think you know we were doing, you know. The, the, the devs just didn't have visibility to stuff ops was doing. Ops didn't have visibility to stuff dev was doing. And so a lot of my career has been around, was around bridging that. Um, so mm-hmm. I did that a number of different organizations. Um, and then um, around 2015, I, I joined Datadog and was doing, um, you know, joined in a, honestly, a fairly nebulous role at a very small company at the time and um, just started doing the things that needed doing. So I did a little bit of sort of SRE cloud opsy work for them. I did... Uh, helped a lot with the, helped the marketing team a lot with how we positioned our content to technical uh, to technical buyers. I uh, built out our you know DevRel team. I built out our docs team. Uh, um, you know, for a while I ran our I, like for a while our, our video production team reported to me and our graphic design team reported to me. Like, why? I, I, I can barely <laughs> I, I, I can barely I can barely draw a stick figure. So like having people that are like phenomenal artists. If you've ever seen the Datadog website or any of their content, yeah, yeah. reporting to me was. Uh, Honestly, it, it made me laugh a lot, but I enjoyed it. Um, and so, if you'd have micromanaged you know, I, them better, we could have had a lot worse Datadog website. And, and like, you only have yourself to blame for that, Elon. Yeah, I mean, anyway, so um, you know, and so I spent, uh, I spent, you know, most of my, my, most of my, you know, almost eight years at Datadog was just sort of solve a new set of problems every month, every quarter, every year, whatever you know, whatever the period was, and um, got to do. Um, all kinds of fun things. And so as part of doing that, it turns out if you don't fail miserably, they're like, they reward you with, they reward you with titles Promotion. and promotions and, and other things. And so uh, not my first management role at Datadog, but it's, you know, definitely um, one of the large, it's definitely the largest team I've ever ended up, you know, ended up, ended up leading. And It, uh, it sounds you know, like a lot of what you were doing, at least how you described it early on, like going to talk to the other team, finding out where the disconnect is, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that people tend to call glue work, right? That yeah. that is a, a more about the people involved than the technology. Um, mm. Is is that how you would also uh, you'd, you'd call that glue work as well, or would you call it something else? Um, I don't know if I'd call it glue work, but I think you know um, if you you know I think sort of the DevOps um, movement put it well, which is. We're all, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, we all need to be aligned on the direct, like on, on the outcomes that we want to achieve and what success is for the business. And if you start from there, then um, it's easy to work backwards and figure out where the disconnects might be elsewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. So, and that might be that, you know, very rarely is it that person over there is an asshole mm-hmm. and like wants to actively do me or my team harm. Like maybe... I say rarely, but it's probably never. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not un- ever had, encountered that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, and that's true. Even like you know, I mean, I remember being in you know, I, I won't name the company, but I remember you know, there's this like we at some point we like we found there was there's some incident. We're like, what the hell's going on? And it's like, well, um, the power under some random engineer's you know desk went out, and it turns out that production in some form makes a call back to something that's running on a desktop under his you know yes. desk that he had turned Classic. Classic. So happy. And you're like, right, and and it's um, and so the first reaction from all of us, the visceral reaction, especially from folks who are carrying a pager and operations and trying to figure out what the hell's going on and getting yelled at by executives about why you know we can't make money right now, is 
man, it's that guy again. He's doing bad things. He's a bad human being. Why can't he just be better? And it's not that. The reality is like we made it too hard for him to get the infrastructure he needed in production. So he made it uh, himself. And, yeah. and, and he needed to get something out by a certain deadline. So like he made a thing run under his desk. And like, I don't, on the one hand, I want to reward his creativity because like the solution <laughs> he came up with is like, you know, was, was genius hacker level. On the other hand, I want to like, you know, slap his wrist a little bit and say like, hey, I'm glad you solved the business problem. But why didn't you immediately come back and say, hey, I solved right. the business problem with a patch. Let's like, let's can I take my finger, make this product like, ready. Yeah. How do, I, how do I take my finger out of the, you know, out of the hole in the dam uh, and like we replace it with like an actual, you know, with an actual fix. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And so that's, but that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff you often run into, or it's like, you know, competing priorities where like your, you know, my boss says I need to do X and your boss says we need to do Y. And, uh, yeah. you know, the people in the middle are just, you know, we're just following orders, but, uh, you know, we could also just go, if we talk to each other, we could probably find a, a middle ground between X and Y and figure out how to prioritize it, or at least understand why the answer was no, or why the answer was later mm -hmm. or, or what it might be and go to the people that have, you know, that made those calls and make sure that they have the context or whatever it might be. So, it, I, I, you know, yeah, I guess all that could be glue work, as, as you said. Um, I don't know that the glue work is necessarily the stuff I like, you know, if I were to like write a list of my accomplishments over the last 20 years I've been working or whatever number of years it is, I don't know that I would say it's the glue work, but I think the glue work has been um, impactful in letting me move into more leadership roles. I think it's been impactful in letting the other work that I do I would list on my resume be successful, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't I don't know why I wouldn't list the blue work there. It's just not it's not when I wake up in the morning. It's not like I'm going to wake up. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's just but it's also not what I you know my career like when I when I when I was in college I, or you know in high school I didn't wake up every day and go I'm doing this so that in 20 years I can say I'm you know senior vice president of blue work. Uh, it's not, yeah. I'm just in my, um, in, from my perspective, that's important stuff. And it made the companies yeah. that you worked at run better. And I, I think one of the reasons you back away from that term is that it's often considered like lesser or not rewarded for it all. It sounds like you've been rewarded for at least the outcomes of having done that work. And yeah. I think that's awesome. So, and it sounds like Kendall has been trying to ask a question for a moment here. Go yeah. for it, Kendall. <laughs> well, did you want to respond to that first, Alon, before I continue? I mean, I, I, look, I think organizations reward you for getting shit done mm -hmm. and for getting yeah. shit done in a way that makes the business successful. Um, and so, um, and in a lot, as an organization grows, once you're beyond two, three, five people, um, collaboration across teams becomes super yeah. important. You need that interpersonal and so, stuff. And, and you, you can't get shit done without that. Um, yeah. There is the situation where you can like, I don't know, Rambo style, I'm going to drop you behind enemy lines and you're going to go solve this one thing. And it's like, but it's, you do it in very specific situations for very specific outcomes. And then the rest of the crew shows up to help, you know, carry yeah, you yeah. forward. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, so yeah, it's, you know, it ends up, I, I, don't, I don't know, when I left Datadog, it was like 50, you know, it's 5,000 plus people. I don't know what the official number is these days, but, mm -hmm. you know, like, Getting 5,000 people working and marching in the same direction on the same things in a way where there's not conflicts of, you know, uh, people getting, you know, you know co conflicts on direction or conflicts on, on, on goals is hard. And the only way you get that done is by, uh, you know, through, through, through a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. Agreed. What's, Agreed. So 
Okay, I, I want to. Uh, there's a couple questions I want to ask because we've 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 gone so far already. But uh, to yeah. this point, on the glue work and being rewarded for doing, you know, getting shit done at an organization. Talk about like that that first hire into Datadog. How did that go from nebulous? Elon can get some shit done, and he has some skills to what became a product title to what became a product senior executive of a publicly traded company. Like talk about that journey yeah. and, and, and the leadership problems you had to solve along the way, because it's, it's not just particularly at some point, the scale is no longer, well, I was the guy willing to walk between the cubicles and ask the questions. The scale became, I was the person who had to build the organization in X, Y, or Z way. So just talk about that journey yeah. a little bit. Like what did, what did that look like? Yeah, I mean, so I, I do think that the skills that set you up, you know, it's one of the, I think it's a chart, there's a challenge with sort of career ladders in every organization of, uh, you know, that like the thing that gets you to, uh, you know, from just out of college, junior engineer to the senior engineer on the team to the principal engineer on the team is a very different skill set that then when the next level up is manager. And then when you're, and at that level, or, or sorry, a team lead or whatever it might be, where you're managing a small group. And then the skill set you need when you're managing a whole bunch of managers, again, very different than the skill set you need or the way you approach the day when you were managing a team or when you were doing IC engineering work. And then like, you know, you go every level up, it was, it's an entirely new job with entirely new skill sets as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I don't know that any state, you know, it's like when you, I don't know, if you were, if you're learning a martial art and you go from like, the white belt to the yellow belt to the green belt. Like there's, there's a, there's like a set of skills that you've probably built out at each point that provide you the, the foundation for the next level. The incremental improvement you need to get to the next thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, in general, I don't think that that's true in management, you know, in, in, in like between entry level management to mid-level management to senior level management to executive it's significantly different along the way. Like there's, there's some similarities as, you know, at, in the higher tiers of that, I would say. Yeah. It helps but, to know about uh, how the rest of it works, but yeah. And, and it helps, and it helps to know because if I want, you know, if I, if I expect my manager to do something or my, my HR team expects my managers to do something, I need to speak the same language that they're speaking so that they, you know, and I need to know how they go about doing things so, or how I would have gotten about doing things if I was in their role so that we can have a real conversation about it when it, when it comes time to setting priorities and goals and, you know, and, and, and such, but it's not, it's not the same thing. Like when you're, if you're like in a visionary leadership role, it's very different than a hands-on management role. If you're in a, you know, if you're and I'm not saying one's more important than the other, you know, like, the reality is like every one of those levels has to do the things they do, but it's, it's tough. So yeah. um, I guess getting back to your question, Kendall, like how did that journey happen? I mean, um, slowly and organically, I don't have a good answer. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I mean, I, Datadog was a growing organization. And so you, yeah. a lot of it when was, you grew with it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was growing with organization as it happened. It was taking on roles that I was, uh, you know, honestly, probably unqualified for and figuring out how to become qualified for them very quickly. I was going to ask, or, did they, did they like help they you did. out with training or anything? Did you, cause I mean, they, they kind of, you know, were apparently there to grow you. They were on, they were, they were like on that, on that trajectory with you and were you know, the um, investment I mean, in you. 
Yeah, I mean, there were resources along the way. I think my manager was very, you know, my, I, I reported, in, you know, I reported into somebody that was very supportive of my career growing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to at an early company like that is, um, you know, one, it's just building trust with the leadership team. Uh, like if they trust you, you're like, they're more likely, like they're, they're, they're going to look for, for people that they trust to take on hard problems because they, um, you know, they can't, these are likely things that they used to do themselves every day and they have to scale themselves out. So they're going to look for people mm-hmm. that they trust that have the same, you know, maybe that, maybe that I would do it the exact same way as they would, but that I have the same sort of philosophy on the company or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. And then I'll, I'll, I'll embody their, their goals, or at least I, I think that's part of it. Um, there, you know, so one it's, you know, it's important to sort of build that trust, build those relationships. Uh, and then, um, you know, I think the, the other thing they look for is people that have sort of been, uh, you know, to steal from Amazon's principles, people that tend to be right a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that, you know, I, 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 not, not always, right. It's not like you can't fail, but they're looking for people that are, you know, that are batting they're that, that are not like 50, 50 chance of success or failure. Cause they're like, they're looking for a track record of like, got got things done, mm-hmm. didn't break too many eggs as they were making the omelet type of a thing. And they'll, you know, they'll, 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 they'll give you that. And now that's going to be very different. Like if I, if you start today as a, I don't know, SE one at, or whatever the lowest role is at an Amazon or a Google or a Microsoft, get, you know, getting from that role to getting, you know, to being, I don't know, Satya Nadella. Yeah. Uh, unlikely. It's a very different. <laughs> It's not impossible, but I'm just saying it's a very different road than doing it at an organization that's growing with you. It's a lot well, more structured, right? They've already set up the the progression yeah. and they expect I, I, certain and, things from you. Yeah, and yeah. Honestly, I think if I joined if I joined Datadog today, I don't as as a at the level I joined when I joined, I don't know that I would like that there's something inherently about me where they're just like, ah, it's been eight, you know, it's you if I if I started the eight year journey today. Yeah, it'd no, be real different. I have with the or, <laughs> yeah. or the, no, with the organization that where it's been, where it is now, mm-hmm. I, you know, I might not be the person that ends up in that role. Honestly, probably wouldn't be. Like a lot of it Whoa. is not. A lot of it is right place, right time, as much as it is. Oh, totally. Right yeah. skill set, right Absolutely. Uh, and the people that you want in an organization when you're 50, 60, 100 people is also a very different Absolutely. set of skills and a very different set of a very different mentality than what you want at a 5,000 person company or a 10,000 person company or a hundred thousand person company. So, mm-hmm. so I want to ask you about that though, Elon, I, I have a specific person in mind that uh, was in a leadership role as an organization continued to grow and, um, you know, promoted from low level up to more senior level, up to executive level. And then the organization reached a certain point where they were saying to me, like, you know, I, I don't know that I have what it takes to take us to the next phase. And, yeah. uh, you know, my encouragement to them was like, hey, look, you know, I, I, part of this is I, I'm a white man, but I would never say I don't know that I can do that. Uh, you know, like like what what gave you the confidence to say, well, I'll step into that and figure it out or versus versus say, hey, everybody, um, Datadog CEO and execs, I'm probably not the right person to be in this. I've never done this before. You probably shouldn't consider me. Like, why did you just continue to step up? What's the attitude I mean, and, and what advice would you give to somebody in that? Because I, I, I wish more people would. I, I'd love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I did say no a few times on a few things uh, okay. early on. And they just came back and asked again. And eventually, you know, eventually I was like, you know what, this is a good career. Like, this is probably, it's probably a good career opportunity for me to learn, you know, to learn these other parts of the business, not just what I was already doing, you know, not, not, not just what I'm already, uh, you know, not to have an ego about it, but things that I thought I was good at. Yeah. Uh, 
And, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you know, I got to stretch, I got to stretch a bit and like learn new things. Cause it's good. It'll be good for me career wise. I'm, and I'm glad I did it. Um, I, I think, look, the people say fake it till you make it. I don't think you want to fake it necessarily. Uh, At least not all the like, important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you want to, uh, but I, you know, I don't, if you're given a challenge that's going to grow, that's going to force you to do, uh, force you to step up and do new, th- do, do, do things, do new things, do different things, do, do things that have, uh, that require new skills. Um, it's just look at it as a learning experience, yeah. uh, as you, as you did any other part of your education. Um, and, and, and I, yeah, I, I think more people should do it. You also have to be ready for, you might fail. Mm-hmm. And you might go back to the, like, you might go back to whatever role you had before, or that role might not be there anymore. And you might have to go do that role somewhere else. At so I have, I have a question uh, here, which we've, we haven't asked anyone this question in a while, but yeah. uh, I want to know. So you, you had been a team lead and stuff before you got to Datadog. I think you'd ha- you'd yeah. had leadership roles where you were officially in charge of people. Um, yeah. But uh I don't know if that necessarily means you, you know, had the HR leadership aspect of it where you, you know, get to decide their, their promotions, their money, whatever, uh, the, yeah, the kind I of mean, uh, higher but, level but, things. But, um, I, mean, I had, I had done that before Datadog just again at, at very different scales. I was managing, you know, I was maybe at a, I was maybe managing one tier of managers or one team of team leads or I, or ICs, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, I mean, I don't know, at some point, like at some point there was like a five level deep part of my organization. And I was like, how do I still have one-on-ones with everybody in the org when I have to talk to their, you know, to, to, to the, to the, to the VP, to the director, to the manager, to the team lead, to the AC. And each one of those has multiple like people in the, it's, it's hard to keep that, that connection. Definitely. So it's and and speaking world. of like the, the difficulties of things you're, you know, you went from those levels of, of roles at smaller orgs and grew through this this big uh, increase in report structure. What has been the hardest and or most embarrassing lesson you've had to learn to get to get where you are? Uh, it sounds you, you you've worked through all these. You you were promoted or offered promotions and on, on some occasions declined them for a while until you felt more capable of moving into the roles. How did you know? Did you have things happen that you learned from? that were important for your progress. I don't know that I, that it's like I said, no. And then I went away for a while and like trained really hard and somehow, and then came back to the dojo. Yeah. And and now I can, you know, now I can wield that katana better than I used to. So we can have this battle. Like it's not, that's not what it was. Okay. Um, I think it was more just realization that, um, you know, two things. One was that, uh, one was in, um, you know, sort of how I measured successful my success for myself, which was, uh, you know, if you ask, you know, 20 year old Elon, you know, what's his goal in life, it would be it would not have been to be on the business side of anything, it would have been to it would have been, you know, I'm going to be the top engineer on whatever, whatever, and you know, people will come to me for, you know, for, for how do they solve these hard technical Was questions. that a change that you like a decision that you because you were saying, but and that, that's pretty common, I think. Like in the early years of an of an engineer's career, they're like, "This is what I'm doing forever." Did you consciously choose to to step into the other career ladder, or did it just sort of happen? It um, it happened organically. Uh, it happened through just things I was doing by chance to get stuff done as an engineer. I was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I, you know, I need to do these other things for the business." I noticed things that the business needed, and I and I realized what I cared more about was. Um, 
like the success you know, of the organism the, the, the sex of the, the, the success of like whatever mission we were on mm-hmm. and i, I yeah, don't yeah. know like uh, no i totally it, relate to that definitely um and so but I, it took even when i was doing that uh like i think if you had told me you know if you had told even you know me at like my first day at datadog someday you will be leading a, a product organization or a large, or large swaths of the product organization uh, i probably would have laughed and said yeah i'm, I'm like, good luck with that. Uh, and, it, and it took a while for, you know, as they were asking me to do that, it took a while for me to say, you know, to, for me to sort of reframe my thinking to say that is a role that I am, uh, you know, I would say not scared of having and also not like that I don't see as a, like a career failure that I didn't mm-hmm. get the, you know, I didn't go up the, I didn't go up the side of the ladder that I wanted. I went up a different side. And, and I think that's just, you know, uh, I, there wasn't a moment at which I could say like, that was the reason I did this. And that's the re- that's the day I decided I'm going to be on the product side and not on the engineering side. It was a slow, you know, sort of mm-hmm. gradual progression. Um, and, you know, I don't, I, if it wasn't at a company like Datadog, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I mean, I understand that, was, yeah. Well, finish that. I, I, I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. The, what I, and what I mean by that is um, if it wasn't at a company where I had a strong, sort of affinity with the products that we built as a free, as a former customer and former user mm-hmm. and it being sort of a space that I was deeply passionate about as a practitioner, um, I probably wouldn't have succeeded on the product mm-hmm. side as a leader because I would have spent, you know, what I was able to do was take all of that sort of years of experience domain and, use knowledge. A, yeah. and domain knowledge and, and use that as sort of a stepping, like a, you know, uh, I don't think it was a crutch, but like as a crutch, basically, like as I'm learning the business side of the house, I already know how the, I have a sense of how the other pieces fit together and what they, you know, what they are and where they are. Whereas if I'd come into, I don't know, you know, we, we watched, watched the Barbie movie recently. So if I walked into Mattel and I was a product manager for the Barbie doll, mm-hmm. like I'd have to learn how do you make Barbie dolls and what's the, you know, what's the injection yeah. mold process? What, the, and yeah. what do the customers like, want out of their Barbie what, dolls? What, like, what, what, yeah. what do the customers want out of their Barbie dolls? How do we market them? How do we sell them? All this other stuff. And I'd have to learn how to be a product manager and how to, you know, make sure that the, the teams that, that, at that the same time, yeah. at the same time, I didn't have to do that. It was really, you know, it was really fortuitous for me. Well, uh, so, so, well, so, I mean, first of all, I have to, I have to pause because I'm highly amused by the fact that on this call, uh, you know, we're we're representing in our past Axiom, Splunk, Honeycomb, Cribble, and Datadog. Like, what? Why the fuck were we all in monitoring and observing <laughs> the data? It matters. Uh, well, uh, I think I think the DevOpsy problems it, it tend to lead people towards some of these things. And I'd be well. I guess before I ask my second question, Elon, do you have a like wh- why monitoring? I, I guess you, you know you were a user of it, etc. But is there something about the glue work, the gluey work that, that that word that you didn't love uh, that I we keep putting back on you um, from from early <laughs> in your career we're that led worst. you into DevOpsy space? Um, not particularly i mean like the way i got into all this stuff was like early you know early linux sort of community like i don't know we got we got broadband at home i got tired of sharing the computer and being online so you know when, when i wanted to be online so i was like i'll build a network and like i brought you know i found some i don't know slackware or red hat disk somewhere and like set up a nat box and like so like I, that 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 was the sort of my first i don't know said mini type experience and like that that uh, because I, as I built up that experience, people asked me to do more of it. And so I think that lent itself, lent itself a lot to that operational infrastructure side of engineering, um, 
and more more than you know more than than other things like i mean i did i also did other development like i wrote some really bad flash games for you know for people i wrote uh, you know i wrote i wrote a cms for somebody like i did lots of like i did other things it just wasn't it just wasn't yeah. where a lot of my experience was and mm-hmm. so i like i would often end up back at this thing that was that people were like you know how to solve these problems yeah. and i would solve yeah. them and you know try to grow in other ways there um you know monitoring i i was you know i was i was you know i responsible for a lot of the cloudy and monitoring stuff at the company I was at before Datadog. Uh, we all have, you know, video, you know, uh, we did like video de- delivery and, uh, and monetization and analytics, you know, Bay area, you know, Bay area, early cloud, you know, early cloud user. Uh, and so I, you know, that experience meant what, um, you know, was helpful as I was building monitoring for cloud workloads and, uh, and for those, for those users, people that used to be my, you know, used to be my friends and coworkers and such. Um, why did I go to Datadog instead of anyone else, anywhere else when I left Uyala? Uh, I, you know, I, honestly, I, it was, uh, a lot of serendipity. Like I was ready yeah. to leave at a time that they wanted somebody. We had a good relationship. I liked the founders. I liked the team. Uh, I liked, I loved the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, we were, this is an era where like, you gotta remember like monitoring sucks was like the 2010, 2012 oh, era. Yeah. yeah. We, like what, what did we, we had like Nagios and. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, ganglia and cacti and, you know, maybe, you know, like some modern things with like boson and other things like that later on, but like not a lot. Yeah. Uh, and so I looked at what they did and I saw how quickly, how, you know, how responsive they were to me as a customer. I saw how quickly they were iterating on their products, how quickly, uh, how friendly the people there were when I would interact with them. And so when they called me up and they said, why don't you come work with us? Um, yeah. it, it wasn't, it wasn't a hard decision. Right. Uh, these were people I was ready to spend, you know somewhere between 40 and hour, 80 hours a week of my life with, right? Depending on where you are in the stage of startups and sustainability and other stuff, but yeah. Well, so so then I want to go back to the question I was going to ask earlier. You've talked about all the different roles you had leading up to product. And, uh, you know, I think we've had a lot of people on this organization or on this, on this organization, on this podcast, <laughs> uh, some from publicly traded companies, some from not. What's different? I mean, given your back, you weren't product your whole career. What was different about senior level product leadership than elsewhere in the organization? What's, what's it like? What are the problems like that are different about being an SVP of product at an organization as big as Datadog? Uh, and I guess I'll leave it that broad. What's, what's unique about it? Um, so, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if it's unique at Datadog, but I'll, you know, I think at, in general, as you're moving up in the, in the organization, there's, um, you know, so if you're responsible, if you're the product manager for a specific feature, you need to know how that feature works inside and out. You need to know how the customers are using it. You need to know why they use it, why they care about it, how that specific feature might be monetized, potentially things like that. Uh, and you do, you need, uh, and you know, so you, a customer calls and wants a particular thing happen there and you know, it's totally reasonable for you to dive in and make that thing happen for them. Uh, then I don't know, you move up and you're the manager or director over that area. And you have to worry about 10 features and you probably won't know every single one of those features or product areas nearly as well as the person on your team knows that one thing. Yeah. But, uh, but you know how they all fit together and you know who to call when there's an issue with one of those individual areas and you know how to sort of thread the needle between them. Um, and so that's, that's important. The next thing that's important is sort of knowing how to impart on your team, uh, the why, not just the what. Right. So that they, if they, so that, you know, you might be the, if, if I was the product manager for, I don't know, like 
monitoring containers, for example, which I was at one point, but let's say that's, I'm doing that. Uh, and I walk, you know, I, I, I have to know that container world inside and out. I then walk away and I have the containers in like five other areas. Yeah. I, the person who took over that team or that product area, or maybe is launching a new product area needs to know, um, why we're doing what we're doing, how it fits in with the rest of the, you know, the rest of the things that we're building, um, so that they have the context to make the right decisions. And so my role as a manager changes from solve the fire of the day to teach people how to solve the fire of the day, to teach people about how we determine that it's a fire or what's important or how to prioritize things. How not, how not to have land. fires. <laughs> yeah. Or how not to have fires. I mean, there's, there's always stuff that comes up, but yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I, um, good, you know, good analogy. Uh, you know, it's your, your, um, you know, I, I, I might still come in and, you know, sort of, you know, noodle around and say, like, I would have done this differently in this way or this other way, but the goal shouldn't be like, I know the right answers and you're just going to do what I say. It's, it's a pretty be... common failure mode, honestly. It is. And, I'm, yeah. and, I, and I, to say that I, I, I am sure that I did it many times. And if some of my old teammate, team members, you know, listen to this pod, you know, listen to this podcast, they'll probably be like, <laughs> call us up and tell us. That. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't believe he's saying that. Um, but you know, like that's the, you know, that's the, like, I think the most important thing is helping them understand is making sure that your organization and your team understand, um, what success is and why we've defined success in that way. And like, Context. otherwise, you know, if, if it's just, it's, it's, um, uh, without all of that context, it's, it's hard. Like if you go, if they have all that context, then they will like, you know, you can probably get them to a spot where they would make the decisions you would be like, they, maybe not exactly the decisions you would make, but like decisions that you would be proud of or you'd agree with, or that like culturally makes sense or product wise makes sense because they didn't understand the strategy or the direction. Yeah. If they don't have any of that, they're sort of looking around them and feeling around and going like, ah, success is, uh, you know, successes that I got to release out successes that we have money successes, this thing, successes that yeah. thing. And there's like, and those success probably has all of those aspects to it. But like, how do we, you know, how do we want to present ourselves? How do we want to present our product? How do we want to, where do we want to be in a year, two mm -hmm. years, three years, five years? Like those things all, that context um, is all important. Okay. Uh, not everybody can have all of the context all the time, just because not like just the, the. You can, you can, it's your job. You never, yeah. you never lack the context. All the, no, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but like, but giving them enough of it so that they can figure things out and noodle around and find the answers yeah. themselves uh, is, is important. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, well, finish. Were you going to finish that thought? We keep interrupting you. No, I, part I, of our I did warn you there you, was going to be interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do want the record to show that you use the word noodling a lot, and that that's a significant part of your leadership philosophy. And before you have an opportunity to respond, <laughs> to that, just, the face is being um, made. Everyone, <laughs> face is being made. Yeah, there's right. <laughs> um, I'm curious, Elon. The the question we ask everybody on this podcast is mm -hmm. talk about. You know, you, you've you've talked about this just 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 now about how you see your role of an, in authority, et cetera. But what's it like for you to have relate uh, authority over others? For others to have authority over you, like what what is your relationship with authority? How do you think about it? Um. Uh. Well, let let me try and lead you into this a little because something you yeah, were talking I, about I, earlier may uh, may impact how you enter this. Uh, you you were able to more easily move up the ladder of leadership 
and product leadership in particular because of your domain expertise. I think that gives you a certain amount of authority that you might not otherwise have had early and made you more confident perhaps. So in relation to that, how do you feel about the authority that you have over others? And then when others have authority over you, like the CEO of the board, um, how do you feel about that? How do you like to be told what to do or not? Um, so in, in general, I like, there's, there, I, 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 I like to talk about what problem we're trying to solve and then I'll go and, and like, let me go away and figure out how to solve it. And I might come back and we might have conversations about how I solve, you know, like, I think we might do it this way, or I think we might do it that way, or I might just do it, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. one of those things. But I, you know, like if you hired, you know, it, it, I think it's, it's often challenging for like, when you hire, uh, you hire somebody as a leader, you have to let them, you have to let them lead. You hired a small, a smart person for that. And it's different at every, at every stage of the, mm -hmm. every level of the organization, sort of how much, how much, um, uh, you know, sort of rope you want to give somebody to hang themselves with, I guess, is, is, is sort of the, is sort of the meta is the metaphor people like to use, I guess, or, or how much, <laughs> you know, breathing room they want to give them. So like, that's, uh, that's how I prefer. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of being micromanaged and told like, the command uh, your job is to yeah. walk. Yeah. Like, manage uh, that being said, everybody gets managed, needs to be managed differently. It's how it depends on their style. And I've had people on my teams over the year, like I had somebody in my early on in my management career, like I realized that you know, probably not the healthiest manager, uh, you know, m manager, um, you know, sort of report structure, but uh, there was somebody on my team rarely on who, um, uh, the, the way to motivate them to solve a problem was to tell them that problem was impossible to solve. <laughs> I have definitely encountered that person before. Right. It's a sort of you uh, know, psychological trick. <laughs> But it was like, that was the only way to get them to care about something being solved. Otherwise they were going to go do whatever the hell they wanted to do. But you'd be like, this is, is this is impossible to do. You'll never succeed at it. I don't know, uh, man. Should I give that. you this job? I'm not sure. Yeah. Can you do uh, it? I mean, it's not, I, don't, I mean, it's not, I don't mean it in that way, but like, no. you know, not on a personal level, just like this is, you can't possibly make, I don't know, uh, EC2 do this thing or whatever it might be. And they'd be like, I'd come back a couple days later and they're like, I, I solved the problem. Uh, there's other people that like me managed in the same way in the same way that I that, that I like to, which is let me let you know, go away, let me go figure this out. Um, and there's people that want it in the middle. And so I think part of it is you have to just figure out what works for you and what works for your team. Mm -hmm. uh, I am confident I have not always figured out the right thing, uh, but you know that's that's my my approach to it. Uh, if I tell you what's important and you're a smart person, you'll figure out the rest. Um, now I also show up and say, Hey, I would like, I, I'm sure I've also showed up many, many times and said, I would have done this differently because of X, Y, and Z. And why didn't you do it this way? And we might have a healthy debate about it. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so I like the managers I've enjoyed most have been ones that were willing to, you know, if I, if they, they like, they're, they're like, go do it this way. And I come back, I'm like, actually it doesn't make any, that doesn't make sense. Let's do, I think we should do it this other way. We can go back and forth for a bit. Um, and I might convince them. Mm -hmm. uh, or they might say, Elon, I'm the boss now. We've had our debate. I am the boss of you. I need you to go do the thing. Uh, and I'm sure I've done that. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, not, I can remember situations where I've done the same thing with my team. Maybe not in those words exactly, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, that, and that's okay. I like, this is where I, you know, I, I think I've referenced Amazon leadership principles once in this call. I don't want to do it too many times because I'm not exactly a hundred percent aligned with it. But I think that like that disagree and commit thing is important, right? Okay. Because at yeah. the end of the day, we have to, you know, at some point we have to be like, look, this is how the, like, 
you don't have all the context. Right. As you much can't as provide them with all the context. I, I, you don't have all these. Well, it's not that you can't. Like, maybe they just didn't Sometimes get it. Sometimes you or, can't. Or maybe you try yeah. or you can't, whatever it might be. But, like, we got to get this thing out the door. Here's the way in which we need to do it. We've debated it long enough. Let's go. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I um, yeah, I've had that move. I've had that managing up and I've had that managing down. And it's, mm -hmm. um, you can, hopefully you can do it in a healthy way and people don't walk away pissed off, but sometimes they walk away pissed off. And it turns out this is a job and we're not all here at summer camp to have a good time and be with yeah. friends. And like, sometimes you're going to have a bad day. And then, but the next day, hopefully we'll be fun and better. And we go back to being, you know, uh, we go back to smiling and, and hugs. <laughs> Well, so what's it like now, Elon, having left Datadog and you're still kind of a person of authority in the monitoring observability space because of the role that you played at Datadog. You're a well-known figure because of scale. Um, you, you carry some authority with you, but it's different not being at Datadog anymore. Um, yeah. You know, what, what's it like being out of there? What do, you, do, you, do you miss that? Do you miss having that authority? Do you, do you know what's next? Are you going to go someplace where you're the, the man in charge or, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's going to happen? So I think it figured out what's next. I think this is sort of, um, you rarely get like a, I don't know, between high school and college, you got a certain amount of time off to go figure out what you wanted, like to go figure out life between college, maybe in your first job, if you were lucky, you got the same thing possibly. Uh, you don't really get that mid career or at least not by choice. You might get, you know, I, I know, I know we have a lot of, you know, sort of friends in the community that have gotten, uh, laid off in the last, you know, six, eight months because of, um, you know, whatever they, what, whatever reasons factors, you might believe. Yeah. yeah. Economic factors, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, and so like, you know, I, I think I'm lucky in that I made the decision that I wanted to go take some time off and figure out, you know, what I want to do when I grow up. Uh, uh, not everybody has that. If you didn't plan for it, you're in a spot where mm -hmm. you're like, you might not have, I know the first thing everybody says when you get laid off is like, you should go, you should take some time for yourself and regroup. If you didn't plan that far enough in advance. Yeah. You might, you might have financial pressures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you might have, you know, family commitments or, 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 or financial commitments or it might be that you have challenges. So like I was able to plan this out. And so I'm taking a little bit of a break. Uh, I don't know what I want to do, right? Like I've never had a product role before. I don't know if I want to go lead a product team again. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's been, on the other hand, it's been eight years since I've, you know, uh, ran an engineering team. It's probably like, I don't know if it's the right time. For, I don't know if I should go back and, you know, run an ops team again. Like I have to figure that out. And so that's, that's sort of, you know, a, a, a bit of self-discovery I'm doing right now. Cool. That's uh, awesome. As far as, um, you know, authority, look, it's, uh, it's really easy to um, identify with your job when you've had that job for a while. And when yeah. you care about the work that you're doing and when you see your job as the mission in life, like that's how you're like, we're going to go climb. I don't know. Like it's, you know, some pick your favorite movie where the hero is going on an adventure. If that's how you see yourself in your job, you walk away and you're like, what is my life without that adventure? Uh, you know, like how, how do I, you know, I, I just gotta, I gotta go back to living with the hobbits. I'm not going to go fight dragons every day. Uh, it's, it's hard. Cause you wake up in the morning and you say, where's my, what you know, do I do? Yeah. What's the ring I'm looking for? Um, and so, yeah, I, do I miss that? Yeah, I miss having that. Uh, but this sounds really uh, healthy that, that you're yeah, finding out what you are without the like capitalist overlayer of yeah. providing and, for and a look, company. I will, 
I will have to, you know, I will, I, I will, I will land back somewhere at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was like, I, I set aside a specific time for what I wanted, how I wanted to do that. And we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I, I do miss it. Um, I don't necessarily miss having authority over people in that regard. Although mm -hmm. I miss, uh, you know, I do feel like there was a moment where, you know, I was like, uh, I woke up one day and I was like, I wasn't, you know, it's not necessarily how I feel every day, but like, I, I woke up and I was like, I used to be important. And now I wake up and, you know, read a book and watch some Netflix and maybe rant on the internet. Like what's the important thing I'm doing now. Uh -huh. uh, and you have to like, it's a thing you just have to, that's not, that is not a healthy way to think about things, but it is a, like, I, I've talked to many leaders that have stepped away from yeah. Uh, yeah. organizations or, or missions that they've had. And they've had to sort of rethink about what's important. Um, and it, it takes a while. It's a like, step along the way. Uh, yeah. I yeah. always think of, um, I think it's, is it the end of The Hobbit or one of the Tolkien books? I can't remember, but at yeah. the end, uh, there's a significant percentage of the book, like a third of it is dedicated to um, his journey home. And he stops along the way and sees all the people that were a part of the journey along the way and, and, and mourns it the entire way home and finds, you know, later in life, he can't really relate to anybody that wasn't on that journey with him. And his best friends yeah. were always the people that had shared in some piece of that, because that was the thing that not necessarily the them. only thing that he cared about, but yeah, it, it well, was such a significant defining thing in their life sure. that it was hard and, to go ahead. And, 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 and that, that's, that's definitely there. I think also, um, uh, once you've been successful at one thing, everybody assumes you've got some really big next thing you're going to be successful. Yeah. At as well. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, again, I, I don't say this as having an ego about it at all. I just like that's people, people create that ego for you and they're like, yeah. Oh, you had this highfalutin title at, you know, big public company. Um, where's the next place you're going to do, you know, big things. And I, you're like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I want to go back. Maybe I want to go be a barista at Starbucks for the first time in my life. Like I'm not saying that that's not an important role or that's something that I've never, like, I never had that experience. Maybe that's yeah. something I want to do. You might find it pleasurable. Yeah. Right. Like, I, and I don't think that's, I think that's where, like I said, you have to take a step back and just sort of really evaluate what you want to do with, uh, Again, you know, at a, depending on the organization, that's like, you know, I mean, Kendall, you worked at a startup. How many hours a week were you working as a leader at, you know, at, at, at an organization? I don't want to like, talk about a it. lot. Yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. about a lot. Yeah. But, but, so, but, but, but a lot. So it, it so takes, leading it, it into takes this, time to customer. Yeah. Into this time that you're taking off, uh, and it's been a few months now, what uh, what are your hobbies? What are you doing? Uh, you, you had this Outside interview with... You're you're getting politically yeah. involved. It sounds like I don't know if you want to talk about that, but no, I'll skip that particular. All topic right, but yeah, what else are you doing when you get up and you're uh, like, what do I'm gonna do today? Are you baking? Are you you know what? Are you uh, gardening? So are you? So I mean, I've been um, you know, uh, my wife and I are getting to spend a lot more time together now nice. uh, than we have in the past, and that's nice. Uh, we've been doing a bunch of traveling. We've been doing a awesome. bunch of. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, mostly traveling, and that's been that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I got to visit, you know, getting to visit family in places that I haven't seen, you know, either because of pandemic or because of work, haven't gotten to see them in a while. So, mm -hmm. um, and and honestly, just taking it relatively easy, uh, I, I, not, not a thing that I've ever. And I think if you asked anybody that I've ever worked with in the last, you know, twenty some odd years, and you know, what what is Elon doing at any point in time, their answer would never be taking it easy and not, <laughs> not, not, not working, not redlining it. So, uh, I'm, I, it's, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort of, uh, you know, get to, uh, get myself to a point where the, it doesn't have to always be 
on 100% of the time. I'm also working on scale and sort of open, you know, rebooting the Texas Linux Fest and a few other things with friends and you know, sort of in my hobbies. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's 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 just a uh, you're slowing taking your it slow is really yeah sl slowing slowing it down a little bit, and we'll see. I I'm sure it'll speed up again at some point. But I, I think you get. I'm lucky in that I got a chance to do this. I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to do a break like this again until maybe retirement age or something yeah. like that. And so I'm um, going to well, give it a shot while I can. So I we great. have to wrap up for time, Alon, but tell us if yep. people want to find you on the internet after this, where where should they hassle you? On on the X formerly um, known as Twitter? Uh, so Twitter, yeah, I'm Ira, I'm, I'm Ira Binovich, first initial, last name. Um, uh, I'm somewhere on Blue Sky and all the other social networks as well. Like I'd have a hard time telling you what my usernames are there. It's probably Ira Binovich as well. Okay. Uh, or um, come find me at the Scale Conference in LA, March 14th through the 17th. If you're into open source or uh, cloud native or security, like it's a conference that um, a bunch of my friends and I started together 22 years ago, and it's still still running strong. So we'll be there at the Pasadena Convention Center. Like I said, March 14th through the 17th, and we'd love to love to have have love to have meet meet some of the listeners there. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Alon. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for having us.